Hi everyone, welcome to the True Crime Podcast where we focus on San Diego cases. My name is Arena. And I'm Renette. And Arena, do I have a story for you. This story is honestly just so awful. Like I know every case that we talk about is, it? is bad, right? But this is just truly the worst. Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> the way I just went in there, right? I know. I didn't even ask. How are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. It's very hot and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully you got AC in yeah, Vegas. That's good. How are you doing, Renette? <laughs> <laughs> I am doing well. Um, like I told you before we started recording, yeah. I went to High Tech High today to visit Aiden's new school. So we're excited about that. Oh, fancy. Going That's to awesome. the Cure concert this weekend. So a lot of things to look forward to. Awesome. Campland at the Bay. Nice. Although I did see last night, um, Sal sent me a link. Someone got murdered there last night. But What? Last night? Yeah. Oh, my God. In the pool area. Like there's... Uh, that guy, I think it's called On Scene TV or 911, uh -huh. and he's a local San Diego oh, guy. And yeah, goes yeah, yeah. To like, I, I follow him on YouTube, yeah. Okay, so look at what he posted yesterday, but okay. Camp Land at the Bay, um, somebody got either stabbed or shot to death while they were in the swimming pool, but somehow I think it, it transpired from the laundry room that they have on site. My gosh. So I sent that link to my cousin and she's like oh I don't know if we should go anymore because you know we're going yeah. this weekend and I'm like that's like a rare occasion like <laughs> so in, I mean these things happen at a 7-Eleven does that mean we don't go to 7-Eleven anymore that's true I mean just working in Bankers Hill every day there's just some wild stuff so I know that's true but oh my gosh we're so recent wow yeah yeah but they caught the guy so that's good Oh, good. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. maybe that could be the next case. No, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> like, we already talked about it. <laughs> it has to be interesting enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, today I'm going to talk about the Ant Hill Kids cult. Okay. Yes. I've, I've heard of this, but I don't know much about it. But I definitely have heard that name. Okay. So... If you thought, you know, Charles Manson or Jim Jones or even the Heaven's Gate cult was crazy, hell no, absolutely what? not. They're they're nothing compared to the Ant Hill kids. Oh they're my probably gosh. one of the most brutal cult um cults that I've ever heard of. So when I was doing my research for this case, I got this same sort of like grossed out feeling that I felt when I was listening to the Toy Box Killers audio uh, recordings. Those are so awful. I listened to those too. So gross. Um, yeah. But this just gave me that weird feeling. And and when I was reading, I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about this stuff. But I mean, this is a true crime podcast. So yeah. <laughs> so um, just this stuff that the leader. So he's Canadian. I French Canadian. I'm probably not saying his name properly. But Roche Theroux is I think how I'm going. It's pronounced. Okay. We're going to go with Roche. Okay. So the things that Roche did. um, like the pain that he inflicted on his followers is just god awful. So obviously there's going to big be a big ass trigger warning. This case is wild. It's super fucked up. And even though I'm going to talk about a lot of the things that went on in the commune, there are still going to be some stories that I'm leaving out because it's just so bad. But I'm still going to say some bad ones. Yeah. Oh, hold on real quick. Yeah. I'm going to look up the name that you uh -huh. just said. Roche Theralt. Right? Uh -huh. Roche, they're all. Yeah. 
me see. So I, so I it's, you know, it's spelled T, yeah, T H E R I A U L T. So I went on to um, like a website where you pronounce it, and Roche, uh-huh. R O C H, was according to this website pronounced Roche and then Thero, something like that. Oh, I just listened to it and it said rock. Wait, let me leave oh, it. Let me see a Okay, listen to it. Let me know. Rock the hue? What? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, then let's say rock. Or, because I me, originally me... thought it was pronounced rock. I really did. Um, in fact, when I was writing my notes, for whatever reason, I even kept, I was spelling it R O C K. Oh, yeah, it's rock. Yeah, like rock. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, it's pronounced R-O- like R-O-C-K. Okay, so <laughs> let's just call him by his first name. Um, Rock, he was born on May 16th, 1947 in Quebec. Is that how you say Quebec? Mm-hmm. Canada? Yeah. Okay. In Quebec, Canada. He was raised in a French-Canadian family in Thetford Mines. Um, his parents had seven children, and he was the second oldest. And his parents were devout Catholics. As a child, Rock was described as highly intelligent, and it was said that he really loved to learn. And even though he loved to learn, it's so he dropped out of school when he was in the seventh grade, but there were some articles that said he dropped out, and then there were other articles that said the school that was in that little town that he grew up in, it only went up to the seventh grade. So I'm not sure if he really dropped out or if it really went only that far. Either way, we do know that he stopped school in the seventh grade. So he was about 13 years old. Okay. Um, And now it seems like he had a fairly um, normal childhood. Although Rock claims that his dad was physically abusive, his dad has fully denied like later years down the road, he came forward and he said, I never abused my son. Now, when Rock left school after the seventh grade, he began reading the Old Testament of the Bible, and he just became really obsessed with it. And his dad was actually happy with that since they were a devout Catholic family. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Rock's dad, uh, he was a member of the Union of Electors, so it's also known as the White Berets. They were a Catholic fascist offshoot that came out of the Depression era. Oh, God. Yeah, I've heard of those. Mm-hmm. And his dad would force him to go door to door and give out their literature. And Rock really hated that. He didn't like going door to door. And he eventually starts having like this hatred towards Catholicism and just all religion in general. Oh, okay. Yeah. And as he grew older, he noticed that a way to get attention and sympathy from people was to act like he had this horrible life and a horrible childhood. And Rock, he really loved attention, so he would lie and exaggerate these things, but these things just weren't true. He just wanted that attention. Yeah, that's shitty. It is. people out there who had actually had real bad childhoods, and he's out there just pretending like he did. Yeah. And when he was 20 years old, he met a girl from the next town over, and her name was Francine, and he fell in love with her. They got married in November of 1967. After they got married, they moved to Montreal, and they had two sons over the course of the next three years, and their names were Rock Jr. and Francois. 
I love that name, Francois. 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 <laughs> I feel so fancy. I know. <laughs> um, soon after this, Rock developed debilitating ulcers. Oh. And they were so painful. And the pain, like the pain that he was getting from them and just not feeling well in general, it just made him super moody. And he would get really angry and have such a short temper. And he would take it out on Francine and their sons. Oh. And, you know, I heard like i've read stories like actually david he he's had an ulcer and i've just you know i've seen him in pain so how do you how do you get rid of that like is there treatment or medication yeah so there's treatment in rock's case he did end up getting surgeries but with those surgeries complications would arise so it just frustrated him even more god and so he just started looking he would go to the store bookstore and purchase these medical textbooks because he was just so desperate to learn about these ulcers that was causing him pain um he started studying anatomy and just medicine and but it was just like a really big obsession that he had and eventually he decides you know what let's move back to thetford mines um which is a town where he grew up And he started to drink a lot because that was the only way to kind of like numb the pain from the ulcers, which I would imagine would make it worse. But then you hear Kurt Cobain was doing heroin and drugs to like numb the pain from his ulcers. Oh my God. Yeah. That seems like, like counterproductive. (laughs) You're like numbing, but at the same time, it's harming and it's just making it worse. And you keep drinking to like numb the pain, but then it's just, it's not getting any better. And maybe it's going to cover up the pain of the ulcers, but guess what? Next thing you're going to have fucking liver problems. <laughs> yeah, for real, like <laughs> liver failure and shit. Yeah. So he, when they moved back to Thetford Mines, um, he started doing like woodworking. And so he would make these like creations. He would make mugs, like little statues and stuff like that. And he would use like these woodworking sales. Like he'd have, he would tell Francine, hey, I need to go to the next town over for the weekend because I'm going to try and sell, you know, these things that I made, mm-hmm. you know, to get money to support him and his family. And while he was going out there to do that, he was really using that as an excuse to meet ladies out there and have affairs with. Oh, wow. Not so good. he was, no, he was out there sneaking around with other women And the things that he would make, they really didn't make much money. I mean, definitely not enough to support a wife and two small children. And eventually he goes broke. His house gets repossessed. And Francine had had enough because she's dealing like, number one, he's an alcoholic. Number two, he's a broke ass. Number three, repossession. Number four, he's a dick because he gets drunk and angry and takes it. She's like... (laughs) There's just so many reasons. And she's like, I'm done with his ass. She took the two kids and she left him. Yeah, get the fuck out of there. Was it Francine? Francine. I was about to say Francois, but that's the yeah. <laughs> No, that's the son. All right. Francine, Francois, Rock Jr., they left. Okay. So now Rock, here he is, broke and depressed. So he was looking for something or someone to give him comfort. So he ended up like joining a Seventh-day Adventist church. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up marrying one of the ladies he was having an affair with, and her name was Giselle. Okay. Now, the Seventh-day Adventist church, it had these really strict rules of no tobacco, no drugs, no alcohol, just no unhealthy food, like nothing processed, right? Uh-huh. 
And so Rock stopped drinking. So that's good, right? He stopped drinking and he started to live this clean eating, healthier lifestyle of no processed foods. Now, Rock, he was much like the rest of the other cult leaders in the sense that he was really charismatic. Mm -hmm. And um, Arena would, I don't think we'd ever be able to be cult leaders. We're just too weird and not. (laughs) I would probably just end up being one of those followers. But then like, as soon as some weird shit starts to go down, like after the, like, you know, the free food and the free shelter, I'd be like, uh, I don't really want to do all this stuff. I don't feel like drinking blood or I don't feel like dressing yeah. like everyone else. I don't feel like shaving my head. <laughs> I always said, and I've said this in past episodes, I feel like Christina would be so easy to join Nicole. <laughs> I know. She's like, you guys I love my thing? girl Christina, but I feel like she would easily... <laughs> I know she's like oh that sounds fun I want to be a hippie uh-huh. <laughs> yeah be a hippie listen to music maybe like she'd probably be a Manson girl I was just gonna say she would and she would dress up with those flowy gowns and just flowers in her hair and run around <laughs> Christina's gonna be like what the fuck you guys <laughs> I know leave my name out of this <laughs> so anyways uh while he would be out there Um, organizing these seminars for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. He was able to attract a lot of people to the church, and um, he became pretty known um, because he was just, like like I said, so charismatic, and he started bringing in a bunch of new people. Mm -hmm. And he loved this attention. And once again, he started to become obsessed with the Old Testament of the Bible like he was in his youth. Yeah. And so he liked the idea of masculine authority, please. And he was <sighs> obsessed with the he was obsessed with the apocalypse and its message of punishment for your sins. Of course he was. Oh, mm-hmm. so original. Rock. And if you Google, like I go, you know, look at his images, like I yeah. could just so see him being that way. And he Wait, kind of resembles like Manson in a way. He's gross, though. He like is. he's uh, he's hairy and ugly and. Uh, Ugh. Although his eyes are pretty, they're really sparkling blue really? eyes. But other really than that, <laughs> yeah, I think his eyes are pretty. The rest of him, no. But, you know, he started to gain these followers. And he said that his followers would hang out with him at Giselle's apartment. Um, and the followers would just crash at her place. And his followers ranged from the ages of, hold on, it was 18 years old. And I think the oldest was 24. So okay. they were pretty young. And he would tell them, just drop out of college. Don't go to college. There's no point because the end of the world is coming. You know who he kind of looks like? Who? Kind of like a Rasputin. You know who that is? Who the heck is that? (laughs) Who is that? Oh, he's like, isn't that some like, it's like comes around in Halloween. Isn't like some devil holiday weird? I don't know. No, so he was like this Russian guy who he... He like, I don't know what his original or his official title was, but he mm-hmm. was he was friends with the royal family back in the day in the Soviet oh. Union, and so like, but he was known to just um, be very. He was like a cult leader, like he he was very um, what's it called charismatic, and he, mm-hmm. a lot of people were just drawn to him. And he was a woman womanizer, and he was hairy, and he looks like this rock guy. I just. That- I just saw a photo of him. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to look him up. Just that name, though, is so weird. Rasputin. Yeah. yeah. Um, in 1977, um, so Rock was 30 years old at this time. 
him and his followers were at a retreat of rocks, okay? And he ends up going for this hike or whatever. And he told everyone when he went alone off on this hike that he received a message from God and God told him basically that he's his messenger. Okay. And he warned everyone about an upcoming apocalypse. So at that time, Rock decided that it was time to move him and his followers from Thetford Mines to St. Marie, which was about 40 miles south of Quebec. And he opened this place called Healthy Living Clinic. And it was a place where you can get organic foods and buy books on like holistic health to cure you from whatever ailment you were suffering from. And during this time, he was attracting even more followers. So now Rock started saying that he had this power to heal people. And there was a woman named Geraldine who had been in the hospital undergoing treatment for leukemia. And the treatment that she was getting in the hospital, it seemed to actually be going well. But Geraldine's husband was just in awe awe of Rock. Okay, so he was just like hypnotized by Rock and his hairy, sparkling blue eyes, greasy (laughs) self. And he believed anything that Rock said. So somehow Rock convinced Geraldine's husband to check Geraldine out of the hospital and into the healthy living clinic. Mm -hmm. Now, Rock's treatment plan for her, which remember, it was going well, the treatment, like it seemed like it started maybe, uh, imagine like shrinking the cancer cells or something. But um, Rock's treatment plan for her was grape juice and organic foods, which fine, right? But it's like, anyway. Also, you need like actual scientific medication and treatment <laughs> yes. along with healthy eating <laughs> yes yes and unfortunately it didn't work and sadly geraldine passed away my god now rocks bitch ass told his followers that he actually he said he went into her room to give her a kiss and he said when he did that she rose from the dead but then he said that god told him that it was geraldine's time and so God just decided to take her, even though he had risen her from the dead. Rock's kiss froze and, her from... And people are just believing this just by his word, not even... Oh, my God. What the hell? Yeah. How do people get away with this stuff? It's I so know. weird. It is. And so Rock decided to take... Uh, or I'm sorry. He tried to take leadership of the Seventh-day Adventist Church himself. And the leaders didn't like that. And in 1978, they ended up kicking him out. And this is really where the cult begins. So he gathered his loyal followers and convinced them to leave their lives behind and follow him. It was around uh, 14 adults in the beginning, and I think it was like eight or 10 kids. Mm -hmm. And then also his wife, Giselle, she was there too. And she ends up getting pregnant. So they, in the beginning, go from town to town, and eventually they settled into a mountainside that he named Eternal Mountain. It was in Canada in the middle of nowhere, super remote, miles and miles of forest. Um, This is also when Rock told his followers that the world would end on February 17th, 1979. But the commune, meaning, you know, them, uh, Rock and the followers, they would be saved as long as they lived a righteous life. And of course, Rock was their guide to live that righteous life um, so he can save them did he say how he got that date 
the February, what was it? February, February 17th, 1979. Yeah. No. Okay. He just I mean, pulled God it out of the air. Told it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now in the beginning, Rock had good intentions. He said that the commune would be a place where you can think freely um, and listen to his teachings. And, and that would be how, sorry. That's how they that's sucker how everyone. It's how it always starts. Usually they have really good intentions and then all of a sudden this well, not in all cases, and power gets to them and they just start ruining everyone's lives and taking over. Or I yeah, and I wonder though if you know these cult leaders' intentions. They know deep down that they don't have good intentions, but they're like, oh well, let me sucker them and just say this is what how it's going to be. But they know, yeah, what and it's going like, to really. Man, damn, these people are listening to me. I guess I'll just keep going. Uh-huh. And they're giving me money. They're giving me their attention. Well, I'm power. Yeah. Yeah. So he said it was going to be all about equality and unity. And in the very beginning of it, it was that way. But like most other cults, those uh-huh. good times come to an end. Yeah. So Rock made them build a camp. And um, they would make these log cabins and they set up tents. They even dug a well. And his that so they were working hard. I think I read it was 17 hours a day. Oh and my meanwhile, God. they were working hard. Rock was just setting his ass and chilling, drinking beer. They were basically working from sunup to sundown. Yeah. And then just sleeping and then waking up to just continue working. Yep. Oh, damn. And actually, that's how he came up with the uh the name the anthill kids because he said they all look like ants with all the hard work that they were doing what and like and he was saying that to all his followers like oh you're my little ants didn't they think like that's not cool <laughs> and like fuck you bitch like you're like yeah i'm working like an ant ants work like little you know like little slaves for this giant powerful thing god that yeah. sucks yeah it does and he eventually, like, when he slowly starts changing from this what appeared to be a good guy to them, he started telling them, you know, you can't have any contact with your family or the outside world. Um, and then he would start by controlling their food. Oh, so like if that. anyone ever complained of being hungry, and mind you, they're working so hard, so I yeah. can imagine they're working up an appetite. Um, if anyone said that they were hungry, he would give them less food. Oh, my God. This is awful. Mm-hmm. And then he also gave everyone new names, and they were all biblical names. So he referred to himself as Moses, since he claimed to be the reincarnation of him. Uh-huh. And some pe- some members, though, they, didn't, they saw what was starting to take place, and they didn't like it. And there were some that ended up leaving the commune. And at that time, in the very beginning... Um, days he didn't try to stop anyone he let them go freely uh-huh. but obviously like this ends up changing as time went on oh great mm-hmm. so members of the group they would collect welfare checks and it was a combined amount of 1,400 in Canadian dollar uh-huh. and that was what I think it was in the late 70s and so that was you know a decent amount okay. and imagine they're not paying rent or anything like that yeah um But Rock, of course, he controlled that money. And Rock's wife, so Rock's wife uh, found out from another member that Rock was having sex with one of the female members in the group. Mm -hmm. 
And this really hurt, hurt Giselle, his wife, and she told Rock that she was going to leave him. She started to walk out of their cabin, but Rock grabbed her and started to strangle her. Terrified for her life, Giselle agreed to stay in the commune. Oh, my God. And that's when he also decided, you know what, Giselle, like, you're not going to be my only wife. I think we need to change things, and I need every single female in this um commune to be my wife so why he they, married every female in there why do they always do this why do they always have to have sex the males have to have sex with all the females i know what the hell and then and then most of the time it's like but you guys can't sleep with one another or you can't have oh, that's how it partner. was here yeah. yeah oh wow that's so ridiculous it is and so like he he made it clear that none of the other males in the cult can have sex with these women if he found out he was going to harm them out of there so fast holy shit no oh yeah that's deal breaker sorry (laughs) yeah for sure and so you know he ends up marrying all of these female followers um and in the com or by the way i forgot to mention he impregnates like all of the female followers eventually and he fathered over 20 children of his own ew i know i know and yeah. then just like when you think of what he looks like too. I know, and I know everything no. is not based off of looks, but we have the right to judge this fucker for yeah, all the horrible things I know. he did. I know earlier I was like, oh, I sound kind of superficial. I'm like, wait, no, we're talking about a gross cult leader. Right oh, now. hell yeah. We Having have sex every with single not right. just like Not just multiple women, like, but also probably children, right? Like children too. When we're under 18. Yeah. Gross. So during this time, the Jonestown Massacre took place and that was in 1978. Yeah, And Rock, he was super interested in this cult, and he paid close attention to it. And um, it brought a lot of attention, the Jonestown Massacre across the world, to cults. And so it made a lot of people scared, um, especially for family who had members and any sort of cult. And the police, they were actually aware of what the Ant Hill kids were doing. But since they didn't have any, like, hard-proof evidence that he was a danger to himself or anybody else in the cult for that matter they couldn't do anything that's so ridiculous it's like all the signs are there or i mean just like any other case it's like there's all those signs but but did he actually physically hurt you like no but i'm being terrorized or i'm being you know like um stalked and shit and And it's sad because they wait till something bad happens yeah something terrible has to happen or someone has to die or blood is shed and then oh now we can do something like that's so awful it is and during this time rock you know like i said he was drinking again but he just got deeper into the alcohol and he disregarded the whole seventh day adventist healthy diet so he was back to eating junk and crap and stuff and um he just became even more controlling. So like I mentioned, the the members, they were not allowed to speak to their family, but he made it where no one could even speak to each other unless he what? was around. What? He's yeah. completely isolating them, not just from their family and friends, but now from each other. They're supposed to be like a little community together. Yeah. How? That oh, it's just... Wait, Renette, this takes mm-hmm. place in Quebec, he said? Yep. Wait, does this at any point end up in San Diego? No. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So it's not a San Diego case. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, okay, when are they going to cross the border and slowly make their way down? No. And then I was, I was like, wait, it's like a while now. 
No, so this is not a San Diego case. Oh, okay. I just we- had to sprinkle something outside of San Diego. I was supposed to do a San Diego case, but oh, okay. In but the I beginning, didn't. I'm all like, "We're <laughs> doing San Diego." Thanks for listening. <laughs> okay. No, it never ends in San Diego. Sorry about that. Oh, okay, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this fool, he would give these like long ass sermons, probably boring as fuck, especially because he's rambling, drunk, and everything. You know, all talking about the Old Testament. <laughs> oh yeah, and if anyone fell asleep, he would smack the person on the head with a four inch thick club. Oh my god! I know I shouldn't be laughing, but for some reason I got a visual visualization of that. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's like slowly dozing off and gets hit on the head, gets smacked. Damn, four inch thick club. And one of his wives, um, who was pregnant at the time, she ate either one or two pancakes more than what he had allowed her to eat. And he found this out and he ended up punching her in her side and he broke some of her ribs. Oh my God. Now I'm going to read you a letter that one of it, like the female follower. Oh, actually it was this. The one, you you know, um, that got punched in the side for eating Uh the pancake more than she was supposed to. By the way, they would refer to him as Pappy. (laughs) (laughs) Pappy? Oh, my gosh. Wait, Renette, have you ever seen that movie uh, Life with Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy, and Bernie Mac? No. Okay. Well, I'm sure some of the listeners will know this movie, Life. And it came out, I think, in the 90s. And Bernie Mac, he's just like, well, there's a line. He goes, he goes, I be that boy's pappy. And I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he says it. And he, it's just hilarious. I immediately thought of Bernie Mac when you said that. <laughs> which, by the way, um, I ended up seeing, you know, American Beauty, which was Yay! fantastic. What such did you a, think? Such a great movie. Like, Finally? Oh, my God. It was so good. And, and just, tragic. Yeah, it was tragic, and it just, you know, kind of the way I took it was at the end of it, like right before he was shot to death, mm-hmm. he was looking at a picture of his family and mm-hmm. just kind of realizing, like, this is what matters and stuff. Yeah, like, as soon as he was like, wait, like, I need to turn this around or, and like, forgive, blah, blah, blah. No, his life just ends. It was creepy, though. Like, I had, like, or no, it was, I think I told Sal, it was just kind of creepy that he had this crush on this High school oh, yeah. girl, so oh, that was yeah, just kind of weird, you know? Yeah, the whole cheerleading, like, yeah. high school girl, whatever. Yeah, that was creepy. <laughs> yeah. So let me read this letter that the woman wrote to Pappy. So she said, <laughs> Pappy, <laughs> I am writing about what you said on the subject of nutrition. It is very true that I nibble a, da- a damnable fault, which I will never again repeat. The thought of ingesting such a large quantity of food in so little time discourages me, even if I work outside the entire day without eating. I ask that you forgive me. If it is stealing, I did not realize it. It is this fault which causes my plumpness. I do not want to be a fat and plump servant. This is too ugly next to the man that you are. I don't know what to think about everything and the meaning of my actions. I only know that I will not repeat them and I don't speak lightly. I wish to be a true servant to you, my master, alert, vigorous with a clear and lively spirit and well-balanced to serve you every moment of my life. I have a long way to go. Thank you, Pappy. I love you. Oh my God. 
And like, I'm looking. And I looked at the images of the the ladies. None of them were plump. He was fat. Exactly. He has a beer belly. I mean, obviously, he's drinking all this alcohol and eating shit food and making sure no one else eats as much as him. That Mm -hmm. is so. When she was all calling herself a fat person, oh my god! Yeah, fat. She doesn't want to be a fat and plump servant. Just calling herself a servant, like, but that will not be the day. You would not catch me telling someone, you know, I am your servant. Begging him to let her stay after she got like her ribs freaking broken just for stealing a pancake. Yeah, and especially when you're pregnant, like, you should be able to eat whatever you want. I forgot that she was pregnant. Oh, my God, that makes it so much worse. It's a fucking pancake. Those are cheap, like, flour, sugar, like, what the fuck? Yeah, seriously. And they're in Canada, so they have ample amounts of maple syrup. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Seriously. So crazy. So, anyways, it's February 17th, 1979. Okay. Now, remember, that's the day the world is supposed to end. Oh, right, right, right. So it comes and the world, you know, it didn't end like mm-hmm. Rock had said it would. And so some of his followers just started to question him about it. And when they questioned him, he would get really angry and very violent. So if anyone showed any doubt in him, he would punish them. Wow. And if someone wanted to leave... He would not let them. He would beat them with a belt or sometimes a hammer. And this guy, he would get other members to pluck out other members' body hair individually. Oh, my God. That is- or he would poop on them. Or he would make some members break their own le- legs with sledgehammers. What? Yeah. What? That's yeah. so extreme from like plucking hair to breaking your own limbs with sledgehammers yeah what the fuck and he made a man cut off one of the female's toes just to show his loyalty like um he didn't want to and when rock was telling him he's like no i don't want to do it but eventually like yeah it was a struggle for him but he cut off her toe and um, he would sometimes nail like these children and some of them mind you were his own biological children he would nail them to a tree and then have the other kids throw stones at them nail them put nails Mm -hmm. in their hands Uh to a tree Uh oh my god what the oh my god this is insane yeah and there was a magazine um, or maybe it was a newspaper but it was called Quebec City's Le Soleil and they wrote a story on the cult. And in that story, they interviewed one of the ex-members, um, one of the ones that fled in the beginning, named Jack. And he said the commune was, demo- he said it was democratically run. So police used that to try and arrest Rock for obstruction of justice. And oh, Rock, okay. he was ordered to undergo psychiatric evaluation. Well, the person that was in charge of the hospital so uh, that would be the director, right? So he actually said that just because Rock had a different lifestyle than what we're used to, it wasn't okay to assume that Rock was crazy. So he released Rock from the mental hospital and was given a one-year suspended sentence. Oh, my God. I don't think torturing people and marrying multiple women and children is like considered just different from normal society. Right the fuck this is crazy and and it gets crazier like oh god so 
1980, there was a man named Guy. He joined the cult. Um, he had heard about Rock on a TV. I think he was actually in a mental hospital, if I remember correctly. And he heard about the cult and Rock, and he was super interested in them. So he went to go find the cult. Um, he ends up finding them, and he joins it. And his job was to chop wood and store food away for the winter. And he was also given a job as a babysitter. So Rock only allowed him to watch the kids that were not biologically Rocks. So he's babysitting one of the kids named Samuel. Samuel was two years old, and he was crying, and he just wouldn't stop. Guy, frustrated with the kids crying, decides the best thing to do would to beat up two-year-old Samuel. Guy's just punching him, and he punches him hard enough in um, the groin area that caused swelling in little Samuel's genital area. The following morning, Rock sees what happens to little Samuel, and he decides to perform surgery on the little boy. Oh, my God. So he didn't go punish the guy? He He's going to think he's going to... No, he does. Oh, watch. Okay, okay. So... The swelling in Samuel's penis was um, preventing him from being able to urinate, so Rock decided to give him a a circumcision. And Rock sterilized scissors and alcohol, and I'm just not going to get into graphic detail, but basically this poor child passed away right after surgery. Oh my god, that is so... He's only two years old. Yes. My god. (sighs) Now months go by... And one night, Rock gets wasted, and he blames Guy for Samuel's death. And so he gathers everyone in the commune, and he decides to hold a trial. And he asks them, you know, do you think that, you know, I should kill him for Samuel's death? And nobody thought that um, he was guilty. They, they said that it was like by reason of insanity or something like that. But Rock oversees that, and he says, you know what? I'm not going to go with what you guys are saying. Guy is guilty, so he decides to castrate Guy. Why did you even ask? Why did you ask, Rock? Exactly. Hello? I would have been honestly scared to actually, like, if it was evident, like, clear that he wanted everyone to say, yes, he's guilty, and seeing what this fucker does, I'd be like, yep, guilty. Like, to spare myself. They're both guilty because what yeah. the hell? He beat up a little kid and he was the one who caused the, um, what was it? The swelling in his The swelling in the grind. Good. So Rock tells him like, hey, if I give you this castration, it's going to alleviate the headaches that you've been having. And it's going to I like, so I guess Guy would excessively masturbate. And Rock said, if you do this, it's going to help you with your excessive masturbation. Uh, because oh. he said that all that masturbating was causing guys respiratory difficulties. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. Like, Can you imagine how many fools around would be walking around with like respiratory issues? Like if yes, that were true. Seriously. It's like you all come out of the room like all like breathing all hard. Like, oh, yeah, you just had a jacking off session. Yep. <laughs> well, I exactly. guess if he's castrated, he doesn't have any junk to touch. Like, I guess that's the solution. I don't know what the hell <laughs> Well, he deserved it, though, for what he did. Yeah. So Guy, he ends up giving consent to get castrated. And Rock actually, like, wrote up, like, a his version of a legal document saying, you know, 
having him say that this is what I agree to have Rock castrate me. He signed it, dated it, everything. So Rock took Guy to lie on the kitchen table while the other members got what Rock needed, which was a razor blade, an elastic band, a tweezer, and a magnifying glass. Yeah. And um, he castrates him and he places the balls in a Kleenex and throws them away. And Guy survives this miraculously, but Guy actually, he must have closed the wound pretty well because in the RMMIS case, you know, um, uh-huh. Bert Brandis bled out and ended up there. But anyways, Guy ended up escaping the commune. And he told authorities about what was going on. He told them about two-year-old Samuel's death, but he told Samuel, like, or he told the police that, of course, he's not going to say that he beat Samuel to death. Yeah. He said um, that Samuel was kicked by a horse. <laughs> and the commune was raided and Rock was arrested along with the others. And at that point, all of the children were taken to foster homes. Oh, good. So Rock goes to prison and he serves only a little over a year. I think it was a year and two months. Are you serious? That's it. Like a year and two months. And he wasn't charged with murder, but he was charged with criminal negligence. And Deep. so when he was released, he decided that they needed a new location. Oh, so that my was God. An, yeah. He's going to keep going, of course. Because yeah. he just got a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. So that was in 1984 and they went to Ontario. Okay. Now, remember how the group members um, collected welfare checks? Mm-hmm. Well, in Victoria County, Ontario, um, where they were, it was different than Quebec in the sense that they were not granted welfare money um, because the group was considered an institution rather than a family. Uh, so to get money, because we know Roxas isn't going to get a job, mm-hmm. he had his wives go to the markets in town and steal whatever it was that they needed, whether what? it was like toilet paper, meat, veggies, milk, whatever it was. Oh, God. And he actually had the group make these special jackets that had like these extra large, um, like inner pockets uh-huh. um, to stuff whatever they stole inside there. Oh my God. This sounds fake. This sounds like, yeah, it doesn't sound real at all. This sounds like a, like a dumb movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a oh lifetime God. movie. Yeah. Seriously. What the- Eventually, some of the members, they get caught stealing and they were banned from ever shopping in that town again. And um, freaking rock. So he would have these like wrestling matches between the ladies where he would have the ladies strip down naked and just wrestle each other. Or sometimes he'd have like one of the male members stand in the middle while rock would tell the ladies to beat the man up. Like he was just drunk having them do this. It's so weird. It sounds like this sounds like stuff that would happen back in medieval times. You know, yeah, it does. Being like. You go do that and you torture this guy and you beat up this person, wrestle each other. And he's just sitting there drunk on his throne, just like watching shit. Yeah, he was a sadist. Wow. So he would beat his followers. Um, sometimes he would get like an axe and you, the wide side of it, mm-hmm. um, he would hit them with that and he would urinate on them. And like I mentioned before, he would poop on them. Um, he would actually, okay, he would force some of the members to perform um what's the proper term 
he would make them eat each other's ass in front of like other people. So (laughs) for whatever reason. And um, he would just like get poop and he would like smear. He would have like the members smear each other's poop on each other. No, no. He would also force them to sit on lit stoves. This is so. This not, this is like some Game of Thrones shit. Uh-huh. Like, what the? Fuck? Oh my god! Ew. Oh, and also he would take like uh, two or more wives to bed at once, <laughs> and he would he would have a contest to see which woman can have the most orgasms. Oh my god! Now you know they were faking it. Come on. I mean, it's pretty easy to fake it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really is. But it's like, no, hey, like, that's like, imagine someone's bringing you your husband and other ladies. Okay, ladies, we're going to have a contest to see who comes the most. My God, <laughs> so this is deranged. It is. So it was January of 1985. So Rock is 38 years old at the time. And now this is in Canada. And you know, they have really cold winters. So it was snowing. And it was 14 degrees out. Well, okay. one of the cult members, um, Gabriel, she put her newborn baby outside in a wheelbarrow, which she ends up saying it was to like save the baby from like, cause Rock was really drunk and acting really angry. And she thought like, if I get the baby out of his vision, he's not going to harm the baby. Wait, the, um, the girl's name is Gabriel? Uh huh. Oh, or Gabrielle. Yeah. Gabrielle, sorry. <laughs> Gabrielle. Yeah. All these names were like, uh, how do you pronounce them? <laughs> um, she put the newborn baby in the wheelbarrow outside, and within a matter of hours, the baby was found dead. Now, this was Rock's biological child, but he hated this kid. What? You it was hated like a, a baby? Four month or five month old baby. How do you hate a baby? Because he said the baby was marked by the beast. Okay. He would hit this poor newborn baby and he was sad. So the baby died and Gabrielle um she ended up like suffering horrible, horrible abuse from rock and he would burn her genitals. God. This and the hypodermic needle was broken off in her back. Yeah. Yes. He treated her awful. When I was reading this, I was like, this can't be real. And I almost didn't do an episode on this because I was just like, this is just too graphic. But this is, I don't, I feel like this cult is not that spoken. Well, probably because it's so horrendous. And honestly, it is a Canadian one. So maybe that's another reason why we don't don't know too much about it. But this literally sounds like all of those like documentaries or podcasts I hear about from like, the 1600s, like yeah. back in the day where they did these torturous things to people. And this is the mid-80s, so yeah, not too long ago. Not that long ago at all. The police end up raiding the commune again. Um, that's in 1987. And they took the other kids that were th- there, like after the last time they took the other kids from the foster- to the foster homes. So when the police interviewed their the kids, it was clear that a lot of fucked up shit was going on. Yeah. And the court believed that Rock was a significant risk of molestation and exploitation. And so the court was super concerned about the welfare of the kids. Mm-hmm. 
Now, once all of the kids were gone, things got worse because um, Rock, he would get drunk and go on and on about the good and bad creator and the master of life and death. And one day he got mad for literally no reason at all. And one of the male members named Claude, oh my God, okay, so trigger warning, okay? Oh no. He forced Claude to walk around with an elastic band wrapped wrapped tightly around his scrotum. And Claude was forced to keep it on overnight, which caused complications and Rock being the psychopath that he is, he decided he needed to perform surgery on Claude. Oh my God. So this is rough to say. Okay, so I'm just going to say it. So Rock got a razor blade. He sliced open Claude's scrotum and he plucked out an infected testicle. He took it out with his fingers, and then he cauterized the wound with a hot piece of iron. Then, for whatever reason, Rock said that he believed Claude should be stoned to death for offending God, and he had um, the other members vote to think if that should be done. Well, the members didn't agree, and so Rock grabbed some sort of torch, and he threatened to cut up in Claude's stomach. Oh, my God. Thankfully, Claude somehow was able to run away and escape to the woods, and he stayed there until the next day when Rock sobered up. Oh, my God. And he did this for no reason. I mean, obviously, there's no reason to do this, but he was just like, I'm bored. I'm going to cut this guy's testicle out. Mm -hmm. Wow. What the fuck? And the... um, Wait, I almost studied. And then Chastel... She soon tried to escape, which was his wife, right? Yeah. She soon tried to escape after that. And apparently she was able to escape here and there. And she would go and stay at her dad's house. But Rock would call her and apologize to her. And he would convince her to come back to her real family. Oh, and so never she go back. It never gets better. It only gets worse. Oh, God, uh-huh. these poor women. Everyone here is just awful. But on this occasion, she tried escaping again, and when Rock found out, he he threw a knife at her, which landed on her thigh, which then opened a wound that was pouring blood out. The next morning, he decided to perform surgery on her because there was a blood clot that formed, and her leg was really swollen. Oh, my God. So what he did is he started to press on her legs with enough force to reopen her wound, Ah! and then... This is awful, but he would pour cup after cup of boiling water on her leg, Arena. Some days later, her wound would become infected, so he filled the wound up with olive oil, salt, and spruce gum. What? He's... What is that? What is that last thing? I don't know. What? what? (laughs) Wait, spruce? What? Spruce spruce gum. Spruce gum. I'm going to look it up. So he's seasoning her leg? Like, what is he doing? (laughs) Wait, how come it's not working? Hold on. I feel like it's probably some green leafy thing in the forest in Canada. It's a chewing material made from the resin of spruce trees. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like a... And remember, he was like really into homeopathic remedies and stuff, so... Oh my god, that's all. And... So once her leg healed, um, she did try escaping, 
and she had success and she was able to get away. Oh my but God. And fucking Rock called her again and he convinced her to no, go back and she did. No, no. What is wrong with her? Okay. No, she, they're all brainwashed. Like, so brainwashed. She is literally being tortured and she's just like, yeah, willingly going back. Yeah. Why? Why? And, you know, like there's so many awful things that he did to his followers. And like, I'm not even saying every awful story. And some of these stories that I've said are, are already so bad. I was going to say, how many unaccounted like events happened that we don't know about? Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. Like he shot another wife, um, Nicole, in her shoulder. He beat her up when she was three months pregnant and he caused her to miscarry. He would actually use a blowtorch on people. And he would get pliers and pull out some of the people's teeth just for no reason, like without a toothache or anything like that. I will say he is pretty creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like, what the well, hell? I can't even imagine, like, how do you just having think my of that? tooth pulled? No. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? Anesthetic? What is yeah, it? Yeah, nothing. Uh-huh. No. No numbing, nothing. Oh, my gosh. No, this is an awful one, okay? I think... Oh, like yeah. it hasn't been awful already. <laughs> okay. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. In 1989, there was a woman, Solange, and she complained of stomach pains. So Rock was convinced that it was coming from her liver. And so Rock, he wanted to operate. And he laid her on a table. He told her to undress and he inserted an enema into her rectum. And it was like a mix of water and molasses and I think olive oil. And he eventually sticks a tube down her throat and he told all of the other members to suck and blow on the tube. Rock got a knife and he made an incision on her right side, like just right below her ribs. Then he took out a strip of tissue and I'm not what I'm not sure which organ it was, but he took something out of her stomach. Then he closed the wound and he told Solange to take a warm bath. And so she did, but the warm bath made her feel even worse. So eventually she goes to her bed and she starts bleeding from her mouth and sadly she passed away. Now this shit that I'm going to tell you that he did after is so fucking disgusting. Like I almost didn't tell this part of it. I'm only saying this part just so you can see how sick this guy is. It gets worse. Oh my God, yes. So he tried killing himself after this, okay? He said that he was so sad and he tried to overdose on extra strength Tylenol. <laughs> but, <laughs> and he tried to get a member to shoot him, but that member wouldn't shoot him. Um. Anyways, he had her body exhumed because, you know, they would bury these dead bodies where they were at. Um, he had it exhumed because he... He wanted to open her body, which he did. He opened her body again, and he poured vinegar on her organs to keep the worms away. Oh, God. So then he had her reburied. But a few days later, this is what's disgusting. Oh, wait, she's dead. So she's dead, right? Because oh, oh, he, he had her exhumed. This. Okay, yeah. Uh -huh. No, open her up. Poured the vinegar to keep worms away, right? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, it was going to decay anyways. I don't know if he thinks that was going to last forever and she Vinegar, like he's decompose. like pickling her or something? Right, <laughs> right. But this is disgusting. A few days later, he had her dug up for the third time. 
or the second time was it? Yeah, second time. And at this point, her body was starting to decay, so the vinegar didn't work. Mm-hmm. But he had another member named Jack drill a hole into her skull, and then the sick fuck masturbated into the hole because he was convinced that he was able to bring her back to life. That is disgusting, Arena. That just makes me feel nauseous just thinking about it. Reminds me of Edmund So Kemper. disrespectful. Yes. Just so incredibly disrespectful. And it's just, I mean, like, how, how do you think of these things? How does this, how does that even, like, I don't understand. How does that come into your brain? And then you actually do it. I know. Like, I know. What? And, like, these other people, like, that they're would even like, be more reason for me to run. Get the hell out of there. They're all just like, yes, our leader is great. And all these people are dying or being tortured. But it's fine. He's still helping people. Like, what? Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Now, Giselle, Giselle, she had told Rock that Solange had told her that she wanted to be cremated. And so... Um, They dug her body up again so they can cremate her. The cult burned her body. But before that took place, Rock had some of her bones and some of her ribs placed into a jar with olive oil. And this guy would regularly masturbate into the jar with her bones and ribs. He had a cum jar? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God, with the girl's ribs. So gross. What the fuck? And this is just like, there's even worse ones, and I'm not going to touch on those damn other ones. I kind of want to know, but I don't. But I do, but I don't. (laughs) Yeah, and I probably should have said at the very beginning and told people, like, if you're eating, you you might (laughs) want to wait until you're done, you know, to listen to this. Yeah, like someone's cooking with olive oil. (laughs) Oh, my God. So... Um, Gabrielle, she had like this stiff pinky finger and of course Rock wanted to perform surgery on her, which he did. And eventually her arm starts to turn blue. And so he decides to grab a carpet knife and he began cutting into her arm, like at the halfway point between her elbow and her shoulder. Wait, sorry. This is, oh, this is Gabrielle, not Mm -hmm. the lane was the one. Okay. 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 Mm Okay. So he was cutting at that halfway point between her elbow and her shoulders. And um, he ended up getting down to the bone, but he was so drunk and he just couldn't finish. So he ends up, you know, waiting some time and then he grabs a meat cleaver and he just started to bang at the exposed bone. Like when he's like hacking at her? Hacking at it. Oh my God. Finally, Gabrielle's arm fell off completely. And can you believe the entire time she never cried? What? Uh-huh. Oh, it, she she was awake? Like, she was conscious? She and all was this? awake. She wasn't drunk. How? How? Uh-huh. Brainwashed. Now, she ends up escaping, and she went to a hospital. And she made up some story about what happened to her arm. But in the story that she created, she was still trying to protect Rock. But hospital workers knew that something just wasn't right here. So thankfully, they contacted the police and the constable filed an aggravated assault against Rock. Okay. But when the police got to the commune, no one was there. 
So Rock and some of the other followers, they fled to Quebec and other followers just had enough and they decided to go back home to their families. Mm-hmm. Smart. So thankfully, the ones that went back to their families, you know, they came back to their senses and yeah. they decided they didn't want to be a part of this anymore. Um, Now, Rock, he was on the run with, you know, the other members that stay loyal to him. And he was on the run for about a month and a half until finally the police found him. And he was out like in this hut just outside of where the cult's commune was. And that was on October 6, 1989. Oh my gosh, this is in 89? 89, not that long ago. Oh my God. So he was with three of his followers. Uh He was charged with second degree murder and 84 counts of brutality. His trial took place on January 18th of 1993. And he was sentenced to life in prison. Finally. Finally. Like, so the cult members, like, they, most of them moved on with their lives and wanted to do with it. Like, they wanted nothing to do with Rock. But those three members that remained loyal to him, they ended up moving close to where the prison was, where Rock was staying at, just so they could be close to him. Oh, my God. And they ended up opening a bakery that did actually pretty well to give him money for like, what is it called on the books? Like commissary money? Oh, yeah. So like eventually though, the community members found out who they were and what they were affiliated with and they stopped going there. Bakery <laughs> ends up getting shut down. Oh my God. And during that time, Rock fathered four children what? while he was incarcerated because they allowed him conjugal visits. What? Why would they allow him to do that? Canada? Come on. Like, I know you're nice, but you're just too damn nice. That's just ridiculous. I was going to say, imagine if this shit happened in the U.S. Oh, hell no. no. Hell no. No, (laughs) hell no. (laughs) Not going away with that. (laughs) Absolutely not. And it's just wild to me that these three ladies just stayed so loyal and moved by the prison just to be there next to him. So... To open a bakery and then, oh my God, all those clients that were like, wait, they're what? They used uh-huh. to do what with this guy? If they were really good, like their pastries and stuff, and probably still go there. I mean. You know, and ask questions, you know. Um, you're all like investigating too. You're uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, I just want a pastry also. Can I know some of your history? <laughs> What's Would this totally rock I like? That. Yeah. <laughs> He'd had, he must have had a little dick, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, why do you love him so much? Please yeah. tell me. Why do you yeah, like What him is it? Like, yeah. I mean, did he fake it? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> who so, won the contest? <laughs> <laughs> so his prison mates, they, they knew who he was and they knew what he had done to women and to the children. Children, yeah. And so, you know, that's like a no no in prison. Um, so these, you know, cellmates of his, prison mates, they did not welcome him. They wouldn't speak to him. Um, in 2002, Rock applied for parole, but he was denied doing, due to being a high risk to people. Yeah. And in 2009, he tried to sell some of his artwork on a website called Murder Auction. <laughs> and so this website basically, like, they treat serial killers as if they were some sort of celebrity. And, like, true wow. crime enthusiasts can purchase... Like um, drawings or letters, just okay. different things made from killers. That's something like, no, because you're kind of, that's like glorifying them. It is. And I know Charles Manson, he actually made 
pretty good music and i know that freaking hitler was a good painter but that doesn't mean i'm gonna go out there and fucking buy their stuff like that's wait was he i need to look at his artwork i'm curious now hitler like painted pretty well <laughs> i'm gonna have to look him up i Speaking of Hitler, Joel recommended a really good movie to me. <laughs> I know. I'm like, speaking of Hitler, Joel. <laughs> Joel's like, okay. We're all just talking shit about our friends on this I podcast. Know. <laughs> but he told me, this is years ago, because he knows that um, when I find a movie or a series, I will rewatch it and rewatch it, and I'm not really open to watching new things. Yeah. And he's like, no, you've got to watch Go Go, wait, Jojo Rabbit. And it's such a good funny movie you need to watch that arena uh, jojo rabbit wait let me see that sounds really familiar let me see if so I've seen. good um scarlett johansson is in it oh yeah is that taika watiti he's like yes the one. oh he plays hitler <laughs> have you seen it <laughs> no i've seen clips of it i know of it but i've never actually watched it you need to watch that that's on okay. your list of things it has taika watiti in it i will watch it it's I love him. such a great movie. Um, so anyways, the he was trying to sell this stuff to get money, um, but the prison didn't let his artwork leave the prison because they didn't want him to profit off of his horrible crimes. So yeah. good for them. And on February 26, 2011, at age 63, Rock was stabbed to death by an inmate named Matthew. Jeffrey Dahmer, that bitch. <laughs> right. That's what I thought of. Yeah. So Matthew, he stabbed Rock in the neck. Um, and after he stabbed him in the neck, he walked up to the guard station and handed them the weapon, which was a makeshift uh, shank. Uh -huh. And he told them that he killed Rock. And this is actually what he said. So these are his words. After he stabs him, walks up to the guard station, gives them the shank. He uh -huh. said, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced I've sliced him up. Nice. Damn. He's like, I'm in here for life. Might as well get rid of these like violent, you know, abusive dirtbags who abused and killed children while I'm at it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the story of the Ant Hill kids. <laughs> oh my god, damn. Like I obviously have heard of them and I did I remember I recognized some of the photos of the members, yeah. like the women especially, but Holy crap, I didn't know all that shit he did. Yeah, it's just so hard to believe that someone can be that evil. And it wasn't that long ago. No. And I like when I was doing my research, each story just kept getting worse and worse. Like, I just couldn't believe that this was real. Yeah, it sounds fake. It, it does. It really sounds like just like a movie. It's crazy. Not even a movie. I've never seen a, any movie that had any of this shit in it. No, and something that I was thinking about is, can you imagine all of his uh, 20 something children that he fathered? Like, where are they now? Yeah. Like, how horrible must it be for them knowing who their father is and what he did? I know, that must be awful. Hopefully they're in nice foster families and they're doing okay because, and I hope none of them got the same mental illness traits that he did or the oh god i hope not habits you know because that can be genetic and hell no no i hope not i mean yeah but i did read somewhere that one of his kids i think it was francois wrote a book um but i, I tried finding it and i couldn't find it but 
And humans are interesting creatures. To get to that point, to just let someone control your whole life is just and so insane to me. That's why cults are so interesting because they are. They I really are. I don't understand it. I don't get it at all. Like, what the hell? And after hearing all of these stories, it really makes the Heaven's Gate cult just seem like, oh, they're so, so nice. It wasn't even that bad at all. It really wasn't. If you I think about it, I mean, yeah, if I had to choose a cult, <laughs> If I had to choose a cult, I think I would rather, I would probably want to, well, the Manson one seems uh, pretty cool. It's not the right word, but I mean, like, they listened to music, played guitars, sang around a campfire, you know, probably did some drugs, right? A lot of drugs. (laughs) A lot of drugs. That seems, well, but then they, they killed people, at least Heavenscape, they never murdered anyone. I mean, they committed a mass suicide, but. And they were like, they were recommended to stay and they were trying, they were convinced to stay, but they were never like forced. Right. They really wanted to leave. They're like, okay, but you're not going to get to see what's your face on this, on this asteroid. Halle Pop. Yeah, Halle Pop. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, but bye. Okay. Like, go on. You know, they weren't like this crazy guy. Freaking Rasputin over here. This was just such an... Yeah, I think this is the most brutal cult I've ever heard of. Super brutal. And I still can't believe how recent this was. Like, yeah. I. So uh, you would think maybe God, like in the, I, I don't know. Well, because like you said, it sounds very Game of Thronesy. So it sounds like it took place so long ago. And I just know like when I, Sal and I were watching Game of Thrones and I was like, God, all these things that took place, it was so brutal. Like these kids are just used to, Watching these horrible things being done yeah. and people getting sliced and heads chopped off. But that's how it was back in those days. And I was just like, this sounds so much very similar. I mean, these yeah. wrestling things, beating up people, sledgehammers, uh, surgeries. Like, what made him think he was a fucking doctor? Like, I know. That's odd. Well, so anyways, <laughs> so here we go at the end where we are always super awkward. Well, thank you so much for listening, Renette. That was crazy. It's super interesting, very well told. So thank you for that education. Oh, yeah. Craziness. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And um, the next case should be a San Diego case. Okay, so yes. It's not yes. going to be a different country. It's going to be a San Diego-based one. And I think we'll, we can coordinate with Chris so it can be the three of us. Oh, yay. Um, I've been trying to find cases on janitors who've murdered people since he works at a school (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i should find like bartenders who go rogue or some shit i mean there has to be one of them out or like uh emo sad people who (laughs) ends up uh we love you chris yeah anyways uh well thanks everyone for listening to the podcast yeah thank you so much and we'll see you guys next time Bye. bye